You have one unheard message. Yo, Tim McLaughlin's in the house. Did you know that? He's in the house and the drone dial, baby. <laughs> hey, with Doc and Bridget. Well, how to do this? Rock Legion. Welcome, Tim. Yo. Drone dial, baby. Yo. Drone dial, baby. Cancel culture's getting me. Kind of messed up. I was only joking. What is it you smoking? Why are you choking? On the things you say, did you know that it's just play? Did you know sarcasm? Did you know that's just a word? Did you know you're high like a bird? I'm not saying. Your actual bird, you get it? It's irony. Uh, why do you bring me down to my knees when I say something that's a little inappropriate? Then you act like you got to spread it. Cause you didn't understand with your pea brain, you piece of shit. I'm sorry that I just said it cause Sorry doesn't mean anything to you Cause you have to understand we all gotta grow Just like my fro Just gotta get picked some more I'd like to pick your brain All your matters is insane I keep, keep going on Can't keep going on No way This is wrong what you say? Just mind your own business is all you've got to do. Honestly, mind your business. Hi, and welcome to the Drunk Dial Podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Bridget Haran. What's up, guys? Bridget, how are you doing? I'm good. B- back, mm. back on the booze. Which is exciting. Back on the booze. Was that beer number two? Yeah, beer number two. Getting nice. crazy. Nice. We're gonna. I'm gonna get a red hat, and it's just gonna say, uh, "Make Bridget drunk again." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm on board with that. <laughs> Until I get kicked out of every restaurant. <laughs> Until I get kicked out of everything, they see the red hat. And yeah. I have like a red hat, and it's uh, it's a Hogwarts hat, which is pretty on point. It was before I realized that. J.K. Rowling is like R.I.P. Sexist as fuck. R.I.P. J.K. But like also like that's my childhood. But I, it's like that same color red, and so people are always like, "Are you kidding me?" And I'm like, "No, it's, <laughs> it's a it's a fictional wizard school. It's not." Nice hat, not you that. fucking monster. Fucking asshole. Oh my god. Um. So Bridget, mm-hmm. I feel like we've done a lot of these episodes, and I'm always like. You know, Bridget's not a comic, uh, but you're a chef, and yeah. and you you you've been a furloughed chef through most of this. Yeah, uh, but you're back. You're getting slowly putting your toe back in the slowly. Yeah, we're you know, the reopening process. We're doing like a lot of to go food and like um, you know DoorDash, Uber Eats still, but we and we've been doing like a mask mandate for a while now. But we are fifty percent inside capacity. Uh, for now, we'll see if, if people kind of 
get their shit together and but if there's another spike we we might just go back to delivery <laughs> we shut down the studio again yeah, like uh it's been this has been a fun month back but uh yeah it's it's kind of we're just slow it's mostly i think sucks for you know really any industry group because it's summer is literally like busy season yeah like it's the time where like you get the most people the most turnover like they're your highest you know traffic days and it it sucks that you know obviously like we want people to be as safe as possible but it it is interesting that you know when i made my budget at the beginning of the year for like each month and the whole year it's it's just royally fucked right now yeah um one of the things I noticed is like, well, you know, we we don't we ever we don't really talk too much about food on this on this particular podcast. Yeah. But I had a couple I had a couple news stories that I want to run by you get your professional chef oh, opinion. It's been so long since we've done a news story. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Well, new, news is 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 slowly starting to happen again, and yeah. you know, a lot of it seems petty. So yeah, figured that's right up our alley. That is true. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I've got here. Um, and there's both of these stories come from Eater. Mm-hmm. Um, but so there's Eat this her or Eater? Eater. Like okay. Eater magazine. Cool. cool. Uh, Subtle, but different. Yeah. yeah. So there is this place, I guess that was a very popular, um, jam restaurant in LA because why not? Okay. Jam. Uh, J-A-M. Yeah. Called, okay. called Squirrel. S-Q-I-R-L. Okay. And this was a place that did like fancy toasts and and stuff like that with jams. All right. Apparently they were only in LA. Would that be a hit? Yeah, they they had lines going down the street every day, uh, but apparently they just got called out and specifically called out by Eater, um, who's run multiple stories about this about how the lady who ran it um, was uh, under fire for allegedly selling moldy jam. Oh shit! Or scraping off. Scraping off layers of mold yeah. on buckets of jam yeah. and knowingly so. That really it. only works if it's like cheese or like charcuterie meats is really the only thing that you can yeah. scrape mold off of and, and be be in the clear. So. And also, uh, I mean, mold is, or not mold, but it's like jam is is sort of made to make product last longer. Like if you have fruit that's going to go bad, you make it into jam and then yeah. can it. So then yeah, it will you're preserving last it. Forever, but I guess if you're just putting it in a big bucket, then a, it's not. Yeah, yeah. ten gallon bucket. Ten gallon bucket, and then and then you get hit with. I'm I'm assuming this is COVID related. Yeah. Hope, hopefully, I yeah. always want to get. Well, I would think if they had long lines, they were they were churning through the jam buckets before this, but. Yeah, and then I assume that during COVID they're not, and so maybe yeah. I guess you can't freeze jam that well. Yeah, no, I would say maybe not at all. So unless it's inside of like. A toaster strudel, it really should never go into the freezer. So I think I think we right there have solved the mystery of yeah. moldy jam. I also, when you said like specialty jam plates, I was picturing very like cute little like checkered top, you know, sealed Paddington Bear style like marmalades and jams. I I wasn't picturing uh, gallon buckets. That that is sort of ruining the illusion for me. Yeah. Oh wow! So there's a photo. That is. Yes, we can. Maybe we'll put that in. Guys, let me, let me just describe this to you. It is literally, A, the jam, I'm not really sure if it's maybe strawberry. It's but it, it does look like blood. It <laughs> looks like blood. Um, and there it, it has a lot of green and yellow floating on top, which 
which I would assume are not. Also, there's three different utensils in that container. Just use one. Yeah, that's confusing. That's, I'm not that's, sure. that's a waste of, yeah, not in my kitchen. Um, two spatulas and a spoon and, and one jug of moldy jam. I always try to, when I when I hear a story about this, I always try to get to the bottom of it too because mm-hmm. it, one, it seemed like, okay, so eaters seemed to come really hard on it, but it, it really seemed like maybe the employees were the ones that broke this story. Because I what I will say is if that's in the back of the house, yeah. like that's either an employee or like a rat that's come in and like snitch on that. Like yeah. that's that no customer should ever have seen that. That's that's a, a disgruntled uh, employee. It's a disgruntled employee, but like uh, they're shitty that you made them come back to work instead of getting unemployment. And they're like, "We'll show you. You're about to go under." Yeah, that's oh, and apparently, apparently they were storing jam in an illegal hidden kitchen space too. So this was um, off limits to health inspectors. So they were still getting a good health rating. Um, and I, I I don't know 100% because I'm not from L.A., but I know a lot of places that have, like, the ABC mm-hmm. health code, so maybe that, that that's the situation. Employees would be locked in space with lights off and a garbage bag placed in front of the door to block any light. They just wait in there until the inspection. <laughs> that's very Anne Frank. Oh. That's, like, really oh, rough. wow. One employee told me this. We were told that if the health department gave us permission to scoop the mold off if we went two inches down. I have no clue if this is true, and I seriously doubt it, considering you need very specific uh, HIPAA plans, uh, even sous vide, and even more strict for fermentations. I think it was a cop-out. Yeah. But I've also seen a picture of the mold bucket and the skimmed off mold went into. It's disgusting. Don't worry, I won't post it. But we well, are and that's crazy it. because it's like, a, I mean, anywhere that does like charcuterie style, like aged meats has mm-hmm. a much tougher health department, like when they come through. And that goes the same for anyone that's doing like fermentation. You know, if you're making kimchi in house, if you're doing any sort of like preservation or like preservatives, not preservatives, preserves. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Two beers and I'm drunk. Um, but no, so it's like drunk the fact that you are literally girl. just like, I, I wonder if they did have just like little tiny jars of jam like out in the front for people to see. And they're like, look at our cute jams. And they have like giant buckets of it in the back. Yeah. And like the pictures of the, you know, the good food pictures, this nice like sexy piece of toast with like ricotta and this different jam on it. Mm-hmm. Like I can't imagine the people that have eaten there that are like, ooh. Oh, oh God! They had yeah. some rat problems. They had some mold on some. Uh... Well, they've got a big rat problem if it's the employees that are. Snitching. <laughs> I think I don't know. Like for me, and that's why I don't do comedy, folks. I get. I, I guess for me, I just always the food safety part was always like number one to me. It's the most important. It's like the first thing they teach you in school. It's yeah. the first thing they teach you. Like, working in kitchens before you even go to school. Yeah. Well, um, and it's so important because it's, like, it goes outside of just, like, allergies, but it's, like, the safety zones for when you can, like, serve food are kill so someone. big. You it's kill like someone. You really have people's lives in your hands. Um, you know, I know you're very quick to throw around that you were an essential employee during, like, COVID, but really, like, if you have people's lives in your hands, I mean, I guess. Um, yeah, I, you want to make sure you're not serving, you know, uh, danger, dangerous food. I mean, yeah. yeah, you can easily make someone... 
very ill or sick. Like I was the kind of person that I never, um, and I've had kind of awkward conversations with people. It's like, I like, I don't like any even jokes about like spitting in people's food. Oh. And I'm just like, I, I like, and obviously I joke about everything, but like in the context of like yeah. working in a professional kitchen, I'm like, we don't do that. We don't yeah. do that here. We don't even, we don't pretend even if someone's an asshole, we don't pretend yeah. that we're going to spend their food. We don't make jokes about it. Um, like, because we are, at the end of the day, the people that are responsible for public health. Yeah. And if something happens, whether it, you know, starts as a joke or whatever, I mean, here we go. Yeah. And now we're in moldy. Yeah. And like. Well, and that, what's crazy about that to me is like, that goes outside of even like health department. Like that's sort of like human rights issues. If you're literally locking your employee in a room and being like, don't come out until they're gone. <laughs> So I guess they fired back with, I don't, I don't know how interesting this is to anybody. We came in here to hear you guys talk drunk to comics. <laughs> so we're talking about moldy toast. Um, I guess the response is, we don't use commercial pectin, sweeteners, or other stabilizers. And to highlight the fruit, we add a little sugar. That yields a more natural fruit forward product. We use about half the sugar you'd find in a typical supermarket jam. And put simply, a low sugar jam is more susceptible to growth of mold. The same types of mold that develop on cheese, charcuterie, dry-aged beef, and lots of other preserved foods. But I think the issue is that, like, places that do charcuterie or, like, like dairies that do aged cheeses, they get a, like, special health department search because they are doing that. Like, they're fully disclosing that yeah. when people come in, whereas it seems like these people were intentionally hiding it to, like, avoid the issue. Um... Yeah, I, I also think there seems to be, I, I just kind of got this from the store, I don't, I don't even know her name, but um, <laughs> I think... We're just finding casual stories and throwing them out there for the world, speculating wildly. Well, I, I think there was kind of a takedown, you know, um, and, and I guess I'll throw this to you because this is definitely in your court, mm-hmm. like, it's a white woman chef who... Oh, cool. um, I feel like a lot of people kind of got a glee over like somebody like, let me say, read this. Uh, The morbid glee over the squirrel takedown is familiar to anyone who enjoyed watching that perfect untouchable girl in high school finally reveal that she has a flaw. There is plenty of boasting on the internet over never having like squirrel in the first place or thinking proprietors were pretentious, fussy gentrifiers before hating them was cool. But what makes the story go viral or sporeful, God damn it. Um, is watching a place that has built its brand not just on jam, but on the goodness of quote real food, get taken down for precisely what it's supposed to uh, does best. So far, no one has claimed to have gotten sick off squirrels jam, but it is shocking and disgusting, and allows for everyone who never posted an artfully lit photo of the jam toast or the line down the block to feel incredibly smug. Um, I'm a little upset about which part of that you felt was me. Was I the mean girl in high school? Because no. I was not the perfect girl that people hated. No, no, no. no. I, w- I was like, what's happening here? I guess I was just saying like how quick people are to turn on a successful uh, uh, chef who happens to be a woman. Yeah. Oh, like no, like that, that. that part seems interesting to me because it seemed like, well, again, like people, people take joy on, yeah. you know, piling on. There was a local donut place that had a public relations nightmare recently mm-hmm. and um are you gonna name names nope <laughs> not today 
Not till I maybe have another couple drinks. <laughs> Catch us at the end of the episode and see what I say. But, uh, you know, they put their comments on off mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they were getting, uh, they were getting drugged. Yeah. But there is. Well, and I think there are so many. Um, it's like a next generation of chefs and owners who are, who are younger and who are more active on social media and mm-hmm. are less. You know, originally every company had a very strict HR department and it's like they would handle, or even like a media section of the company that would handle all of that. But now it's like anyone with a Facebook can put whatever they want out there and it will come back and bite you in the ass. Yeah. And I feel like. Squirrel, we're, we're sorry that you did that to yourselves. Yeah. I mean. But I also can't. like low key, don't lock away your employees. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like if you have whole like uh, routes that you're running to hide moldy mm-hmm. buckets of, yeah. of I, jam. I wonder, those employees might get, I mean, being locked in a room with mold spores, like who knows, they could get really sick. Yeah, look, and, I, and I'll be quite honest, every single <laughs> complete transparency, mm-hmm. and I feel like anyone that's ever worked in a kitchen will say this, any kitchen I've ever worked in, if the food inspector, if the, if the health inspector walks in, you start going over anything Literally. that might be just slightly out of pocket, mm-hmm. maybe uh, just you know, and it's usually little things, but it's 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 the the common things that pop into my mind are in a rush, people put things back into refrigerators mm-hmm. not on the right shelves, yeah, and so you or might like not labeled even. It's you might not have the proper simple. dates or labels on them, but you might accidentally been in a rush and you might have thrown eggs on the second shelf instead of the bottom shelf or, or something like that. It's, it's an easy fix. It's, it's what the health department calls um, things that are, I forgot they go like, like you can yeah, cor- cor- like correct minor, it on site. Major, yeah. If you correct it immediately. Yeah. It's they, like something like, Oh, I put this no, here. It's, it's supposed corrected. to go there. Yeah. And so every job I've ever had, it's like everyone kind of looks around and well, goes, let's make sure my area is. You have to have a good relationship with your front of house. Cause then like they know automatically like, Oh, here, let's show you the bar first. <laughs> And it's like, so then you can be in the back and like, you know. Well, and I will say this. I've, I don't think I've ever worked in a restaurant or my food truck that I've owned or anything where mm-hmm. if a health department walked in in the middle of service, mm-hmm. when you're just getting your dicks kicked in, that everything was 100%. Like no. there, there's, there's something, there's a... There's a sandy rag bucket or something out of place. Yeah. There's, there's something... Dishes piled up in a way that's not supposed yeah. to be, but something that can be corrected in in in, in ten seconds. Yeah, but the but, opposite well, of that. What I to say it is also is like most health departments are they they do this all the time, and it's like talk about an, an unrewarding job. It's like you know you kind of bring terror into places, but it's like most of the time, if they don't see any big glaring issues, then they're not going to dig. But if they see if they start to see yeah. big issues. That's when they then they start digging and they start checking under the lip of things and you know checking every single container for dates and yeah temping things you know every single container instead of just one or two on the line and you know it's that's when uh yeah that's when it gets egregious have you that's when it gets squirrely change <laughs> that's, that's pretty good <laughs> have you um change the subject here mm-hmm. have you been keeping up as we do have you been keeping up with the um cake videos on social media yes and everything everything is um uh normal everyday objects that are disguised and you're a pastry chef yes yeah my background is in pastry chef so 
And like, for instance, there's a video right now. It looks to be like a croc sandal. Mm-hmm. And somebody's cutting a knife in two. And then it, uh, when you see the... When you see the uh, midsection, it is uh, actually cake. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a piece of cheese. There's a loaded <laughs> baked potato. I know, like, the toilet paper one was really big right when, you know, COVID first started. And the thing is, is they look beautiful, but all I can think of every time they're cutting it is, like, that's a lot of fondant. That's a thick layer of fondant on there. All right, this... I, and really, fondant tastes like what a crock tastes like, so... This is the... Pretty solid. Oh, this is the first one I've... First time I've seen this just now. Oh no! This was a bit rough. I'm gonna turn. I'm gonna turn this around so uh, Sorry, Bri- I, I can Bridget can see. Describe it to you all. Wow. Oh no! <laughs> it is. It is three pieces of cake that are made to look like raw chicken breasts. That is. That's a rough. A little extra. That's rough. That yeah. Speaking of things that are against health code, that is. <laughs> Can you even imagine the health department coming in and being like, why is all this like... That's a great prank. No, look, it's... Yeah, cut it. That's You know what? Your health department loves when you prank them when they come in. They're big fans of that. Did I... Did I ever tell you about that I did that one time? You pranked the health department? So, um, my very first kitchen job uh, was at summer camp. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to... I've never heard you mention this before. Not not on this podcast. (laughs) And I was uh, a food service assistant, which was a dishwasher slash food server mm-hmm. um, prep, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I thought it'd be really funny to prank the kitchen manager. So I asked the, uh, the camp director, I said, hey, you should get like one of your buddies from college or something to come in, pretend that he's the health inspector. And... Um, you know, just just <laughs> walk around with the clipboard, just going mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and marking all this stuff, and freak out, freak out the boss lady. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Oh, that's a funny idea. We should do that." He was like, uh, "I'll work on that. I'll get back to you." So, like, like the next week, either that week, either later that week or the week after, uh, this woman shows up and she just has like a like a lanyard that mm-hmm. says like health inspector. And I'm like, no way. This is her. No she's way. Here. She's here. He did it. <laughs> and so everyone's running around, like, you know, putting dates on stuff and making sure everything's in its proper place. You're just like jacking around. You're I'm, like, this is yeah, crazy. I'm doing the opposite. I make, <laughs> I'm making messes. I'm like knocking stuff over. I'm just like, you know, and my boss is watching me, like, what the hell is your problem? <laughs> and then uh, she finally, the inspector, in quote unquote inspector finally goes into the walk-in and I like follow her into the walk-in and like I'm 16 at the yeah. time and I'm like oh my god I'm laughing and I'm yeah. just like oh my god everybody's totally buying it everyone she totally thinks that you're like legit the health inspector and then uh she pulls out this like badge and she's like I and then it's like Brown County health <laughs> inspector she's like I, I am the health inspector and I was like Oh my god! Like, oh, son no. of a bitch. Oh. And then I had to explain the prank and what I thought was going on. Yeah. Luckily, she had a sense of humor about it, and she thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so now me and her are walking out of the walk-in together, both <laughs> laughing hand in hand. <laughs> and then my boss is like, "What happened in there? What is the hell is happening?" I was like, "Oh, it was, it was a prank. It was a prank gone wrong." Yeah, it was, it was not a prank that I thought was a prank. What oh, have Jesus. you ever made? Have you ever made anything like crazy cake like that? Like, 
Oh, there's an egg. Yeah, I've done like um, like entremets that are like you in a mold that you'll stack different cakes. But I don't like. I usually go with like a mirror glaze on top. Like like you can do an egg that way, or like do like a fruit that way. Okay. I don't usually do anything too crazy because I I try to avoid fondant if I can. I love working with buttercream or like a mirror glaze. Um, fondant. I just have had too many bad experiences with the fondant. I can make it look really good. It's just like it's the taste that loses it for me, and so I. Is it pretty much just like like a play doh kind of substance? Kind of, yeah. It feels like a play doh, and I've done like uh, like marshmallow fondants before that turn out okay. Um, but yeah, it's just it's not my style, which is fine because there are so many people who do it so well. Mm-hmm. So I've done like tomatoes before. I've done eggs before, um, lemons, things that you can either like airbrush the outside or. Um, do a mirror glaze and then kind of add a stem or something to it. But I think the ones that I've seen that are look so impressive now are like I think they're like printing off yeah. things that look legit. So it looks like a bottle of soap Literally, or something yeah. like that. They're like edible labels. Well, the thing that's been most interesting to me, and again, this is something that if we have listeners, are probably it's not interesting to them. But have you seen those raindrop cakes? Mm-hmm. They're like literally. Um, they're called like Japanese rain, raindrop cakes and they look like glass. I think it's like a gelatin base, but they'll add things into the inside of it and they're amazing. Raindrop, raindrop mm-hmm. cake. Yeah, it's like raindrop or like teardrop. Does it look like, is it kind of like those pears we were talking about? Like it looks like stained glass? No, they literally are like oh, little yeah, clear yeah, yeah. orbs. And you can like um, use a syringe to like put different yeah, like, colors inside of it, and and they're beautiful. And apparently, it's like it's very much gets into that area of like micro gastronomy. That's you know mm. a, a little more intense, and it's like, but they're, they're it looks really like cool. a, so it looks like, just like a like a contact lens, yeah, <laughs> like a exactly. giant contact lens. Yeah, and I was like, I don't know what it tastes like, but I kind of want to learn how to make it. All right, guys. Um, I'm sorry if you're not into cakes and mold. <laughs> we, we went off on a on a tangent there. Uh, we have a great show. Uh, we got uh, Tim McLaughlin, uh, Hoosier uh, hero uh, by way of New York now. Um, we're going to be calling him up next and uh, stick around. We're going to do some fun stuff. Bye-bye. Decline that. <laughs> Hi. I got two phone calls at once. <laughs> oh, for real? Yeah, you and then a 1-800 number, probably some type of debt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, hi, and welcome to the Drunk Dial Podcast. Uh, welcome to the show, Tim. Hey, well, it's nice to be on the show. Oh, huh? <laughs> welcome to the program. Tim McLaughlin is our guest. Uh, uh, who's your native? Gone to the big city That's of right. New York City. I used to... Are you currently in New York right now? I am. I'm in Long Island City, Queens right now. Nice. And have you been have you been hamp, hamp, hampered down there throughout this whole thing? No. Well, we were uh, for the first month. Michael, what was the first month and a half? Mm-hmm. I annoyed my girlfriend by being in her studio apartment with her every day. And she said, enough of this. So we rented a house in the Poconos for a whole month. That sounds so we, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was tight as hell. We hid out in the woods for a month so she could go outside mm-hmm. and drink coffee. And then she got a taste of sitting outside and drinking coffee. 
So we have to move now. We're moving to an apartment with a yard so that she can go outside every day and drink her coffee. I mean, once you get a taste of the good life, you, it's hard to go back. I know. It was nice out there. It made me miss Indiana because I was like, oh, here's a parking lot in the yard. You got just miss <laughs> parking lot sometimes, you know? Yeah, we're lousy with parking lots. We got it. We got a made up. Everywhere. <laughs> now, were you guys just wasting? Were you guys cohabitating before COVID? No, no. I lived in I live in a very bad neighborhood in a very bad apartment, and uh, I heard a place is nicer, so I just kind of stayed here. Mm-hmm. So really, just testing the relationship during the global really pandemic. Pushed, really, pushed, really pushed it to its limits, and then we realized <laughs> that we probably move in together. Since we only have one room here, if we move into a place with two rooms and she has her own space, then it'll then it, everything will be fine. Okay, and yeah, and so far so good. Yeah, I mean we were we were less bickery in the uh, in the Poconos than we are here, and we don't even really fight that much. We just call each other dumbasses, and then she reminds me that she has a job, and I stop talking. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. As long as you always have that upper hand card you can pull, it, it definitely comes in handy. Oh, yeah. And she pulls it. She'll pull it quick. <laughs> so uh, outside of uh, outside of moving a couple times and trying not to get into fights, uh, how, have you, how have you been keeping yourself uh, sane with uh, no comedy there? Well, I did. I actually did a show last night outside. Oh, cool. And uh, that was good. And then I did another show outside on the 4th of July, and that was bad. I can because see Because it, it was on the 4th of July, and you had to get a word in between every firework. Um, but other than that, I've been making dumbass videos where I review shit on Instagram and YouTube. And those are bad. But that I've been teaching myself how to use the... Uh, um, um, Video edit. I, no, it's not iMovie, Mike. I bought Adobe Premiere Pro. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like- I bought it on her card, and she didn't know till now. So thanks a lot. <laughs> um, That's what we like to do here on the Drunk Dial Podcast. We like to get people in yeah, trouble yeah. for fraud. <laughs> Little d- I've been domestic disputes. Videos, reading, reading mangas, reading new mangas. <laughs> Investing in stocks. So New York is, I feel like Indiana is uh, light years away from the, how bad New York had it. Like we, we never really had it bad here. I mean, I kind of worked throughout the whole thing. Like I was a quote unquote essential worker. Uh, What did you do? I uh, made barbecue. I mm. <laughs> made barbecue to go barbecue food. Those those essential barbecue slingers. That is essential. That's essential work for sure. Um, but like I don't know. Like I didn't wear like the mask thing wasn't really like huge. Like the first month into it, like it wasn't until people started going back outside that everyone they started mass shaming people and everyone had to have a mask on. Uh, I it was just big like more like social distance, social distance, and I was cool with that because I don't like to be that close to people. Um, but I feel like everything, like I, I, like I take a lot of media and like a lot of podcasts, a lot of TV shows from New York and it just seemed New York was like a whole different planet of what was going on there. I mean, it's a different planet anyways, because everyone is literally right on top of each other Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And if you, like, when we were taking the subways before this, you're packed shoulder to shoulder in the subway with someone. During the, the best is during the middle, the middle of the pandemic when no one was taking the subway. That motherfucker was empty, empty, empty. Like, you were the only <laughs> one riding it for an hour. It was so sick. It was the best. And that I, was the best. I heard they were sanitizing it every day, too. They were, they know they sanitized. Well, they cleaned it for the first time ever, like fully cleaned it. But I live at the last, I live on the last stop on the four. That's the green line. I live on the last stop on that. And so I'm also the first stop to go into the city. Mm-hmm. And when you get on the train there to get on the four, they, before you can get on it, they sanitize the entire train. They have like a team of workers that just stay down in the subway and sanitize the entire train uh, for everyone that goes into the city. So I'm the first one on right after it gets sanitized. That's not, you got to feel like a, like a King getting on there. I mean, it's incredible. I mean that being on the first, being the first stop is also great because you're like the, you're the first people on. So you always have a seat. Yeah. Which makes a difference. It's the, it makes all the difference in the world. So what are you, what are you taking subways in the middle of a pandemic for? Well, I go to my house. Well, my, Michael would get annoyed with me, so I would go to my house every now and again. Oh, gotcha. To just hang out and you know give her space, and it's like it's either fifty dollars or it's a three dollar subway to get there, and it's not hard to do. I just don't touch anything. I keep my head down. Yeah. Well, and it's especially, it's almost better if you know there's not going to be anyone on it. You're like, I at least won't be crammed in with people like sardines. That's true. It, I mean, it, the the drastic difference in the amount of people that you would, like, the at Grand Central would be, used to be flooded with people. I think I, one day, Michael, what did I say? One day I walked by seven people. Yeah, you, yeah. You'd walk by, I, I'm not kidding. you yeah, I described the train to her. And she was, she said she remembers everything I tell her. She's a very good girlfriend. I, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. I walked by seven people, but normally you walk by about ten thousand or five. It, it's insane. It's just floods of people all the time. Mm-hmm. I love it. I think it's now. This is the greatest city that there ever was with the lack of people doing stuff. Yeah. Well, and I wonder, like here there were definitely fewer people that were offering their cars for like Ubers and Lyfts in New York. Was, was there like a lack of taxi drivers out? No, there were more. There were more. Cause people still got to do stuff. Yeah. So that's ballsy though, go, to like let random people in your car. I don't know. Well, they started doing this thing where they put these, the, they got plastic barriers now in between the drivers and you. Yeah. So they like staple these plastic barriers in their cars now. So I don't know. But people still got to get around. There was a, I think there was a giant spike in Uber use here uh, after like right when the pandemic started. I know that's, I, I mainly only use Ubers to get around. Mm-hmm. Well, and it could be that some people, I mean, the, the New York subways are not known for being terribly clean to begin with. So it could be before they announced like their cleaning protocols, it could be people were like, fuck that. I'm not going on those. Well, yeah, most people weren't going on it. If you were the, and also before they started cleaning it, homeless people just started living in the subway. Yeah. So like if you were, so ridership went down 95% and crime went up 100%. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. so classic. Which says, which, which tells you the people who are riding the subways had absolutely nothing to lose. <laughs> so is it like back to like 1980s, like uh, New York right now? Yeah, it, it was basically it was basically the movie The Warriors. You're just <laughs> on the subway. There were dudes with bats and, and uh, the uh, baseball, whatever you know, words, <laughs> baseball, fucking out. what uniform. Okay, fair. Tim, uh, Tim, are you? Are, are, have you been drinking? <laughs> no, I haven't. I, I, I've only been drunk like four times during the quarantine. Because my problem is, I like to go. Like, if I'm drunk, I like to be around a bunch of people and talk mad shit. Oh yeah. And I, so I don't like being drunk just inside uh, alone. Yeah, you're that, a you're fair. you're a party boy drunk. You're not a you don't want to be a sad yeah. sad boy drunk. Yeah. No, because if because if Mike and I get drunk here, I want to go out. I want to do something, you know. And then there's nothing to do. That's yeah. fair. We we started this podcast because oh, well, I thought the world was ending, and uh, well, the verdict's not out on that yet. Yeah, and Brid- Bridget's not even a comic. Bridget's a chef, but she lost her job. And uh, thank you. She's, it's so nice. Where were you? Where were you a chef at? I'm the chef for Brewdog uh, here in Indianapolis. Oh, I've never been to Brewdog. It's it's pretty fun, you know. It was when we could have like it full, but we're we're, we're back open now, which is good. Just it's it's weird because everything's like as we've been reopening, everything's at like fifty percent capacity. And is that how it is in New York, or is anything reopening in New York? You're not allowed. To, you're not allowed to go inside anywhere still. Yeah. And I don't know how long it'll be till you're allowed to go inside. You can only eat outside and you can only drink outside. Well, and this so, time of year in New York, that's hot outside. Yeah, it's hot, but it is fun walking around because there, you know, there's so many bars you can just walk around the the cool neighborhoods and just get fucking wasted. Yeah. The the one good thing here is after the Super Bowl was here, um, you can now just there's open like container laws, so you can just walk around with booze outside, and it's like people have oh, been I remember. really. Really taking advantage of that. I remember when I was in town. Ta- I lived. Uh, I lived in Indianapolis when the Super Bowl was there, and uh, I remember they go. Uh, actually, that open container law we said we had, we were lying. Yeah, we've just, we've just been lying to you guys forever about that. Yeah, there actually was an open container law. Have a nice time, and then the next day, me and my buddy. No, I think it was that night. Me and my friends went down there with two handles of fucking tequila, and we're just chugging them on the street. <laughs> You're like, let's test this. Tim, you 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 seem like uh, you know you're a guy who appreciates a uh, crass comedy. Were you surprised at how quickly we went from uh, everyone like doing their part, kumbaya, let's save the world, to like, hey, let's cancel this guy because he told a joke twelve years? Like, I was kind of surprised, like in the middle of COVID, in the middle of the world falling apart. That uh, people like still had these like boners to like cancel comics that maybe told an off color joke twelve years ago. Well, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. So everybody was worried about the world ending at first, right? And they're all up their own ass, and they, you know the world's going to end, and we're all nervous or whatever. Then we figure out, well, the world's not really going to end, but it just sucks, and now we're all bored. So now people are going back. To 2012, when the most popular type of comedy was what Anthony Jeselnik was doing. Mm-hmm. So anyone on Twitter is trying is trying to imitate that, and then they're going back to 2012, being like, 
hey, look what the, look what came out in 2012, something about blah, 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 blah. And then you get other people like com- New York comedian Brian Yang who comes after his own friend, and then people pull up his shit, and it's even worse than what he came after, and then he just deleted Twitter. And I was like, this is a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, that... That cancel I mean, culture all- starts to eat its own tail at some point because, like, you're never going to, like, pass a, a, enough purity tests. And then, yeah, and then most of those people that are throwing stones, like you said, probably have some stuff buried in their Twitter. Oh, they have to. I went back and tried to delete everything I could. Because <laughs> uh, I'll tell you this, it was not buried and it was bad. So... <laughs> But I just looked up everything and just tried to delete it. I don't, you know, because I, I, edgy comedy is like my, like offensive edgy stuff is like my favorite thing. Yeah. But, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta toe the line and figure it out. And the other thing is like people in the middle of America don't care. Yeah. Yeah. They just don't. And I, you can get away with almost anything unless, you know, you do some certain show and whatever neighborhood and then someone's like, you know, that thing you said really offended me. It's like, I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Even here, even here, I don't give a fuck. I, I had a thing where I was, my old apartment had, had an infestation of flies because a rat died in the wall. Okay. And classic I said, New York. Classic New York. And I, did, and I didn't want to, I said I didn't want to sleep down there because I sleep with my mouth open like a mongoloid. <laughs> and and this woman came up and she's like, you can't say mongoloid. And I was like, well, I did. And you're the only one that seems upset. And it's an open mic. So I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I think so it's a good point, though. It's like everyone, no one's really coming up out with new music for the, for the most part. No one's really coming out with like new movies, like new shows. So everyone's just going back. And it's like, mm. oh, remember that one thing that somebody said 12 years ago? Well, I just, like, it just came up in my deep dive into like, the depths of Twitter in the middle of the night and I'm offended well, by like, it. Well, then someone, here's what someone did. Someone's like, Megan Anram has it too good. She's the writer for The Good Place. She has a million and a half followers. I bet she did something bad. And so they <laughs> type Megan Anram, retard, Asian, and then they find like a tweet where she said Asian Americans or as I like to call them retarded Americans or whatever it was, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, look at this. And you're like, bro, that was from fucking eight years ago. Who cares? Yeah. And then, you know, seven, it's like, but then only like 7,000 people care. And you forget that there's 300 million people in the country. So it doesn't really matter that much. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I also think people have very short memories and we like to, uh, kind of selectively edit our history but even up until like you know 2010 i would say like that kind of like pushing like everything was to the like movies radio everything was to the edge to the most extreme like that was kind of what the culture uh was into at the time and then and 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 it's one thing to pivot and go you know what we're not gonna do that anymore but i think it's 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 bonkers to me that we pretend that that wasn't acceptable 10 years ago or mm. however long you know it's just like that it was mainstream and even comics like sarah silverman or people you know it's like i feel like a lot of comics uh made their money off of being edgy and that they made their millions and then they shut the door behind them and now they're kind of waving fingers and being like 
well, I can't believe you would tell such jokes. Like, dude, you did blackface, man. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's wild when people, because, I mean, I, I saw Sarah Silverman's movie in the theaters, and I remember dying laughing when she said Martin Loser King. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I, and that, but, you know, then she's going to come out and be like, this raise and I'm like, I get it. You got to jump ahead and fucking skate. You got you to gotta ride the wave, you know, when you're surfing and try to stay current because you're fucking 50 now yeah. mm-hmm. and you don't want to be the last one to like say something about it and then be like oh she just jumped on the bandwagon but right but at the same time it's like listen man we've all everybody's done something that's bad yeah. so what are you gonna do you know i'm not I, I don't get it if someone said i mean well i don't get offended by anything i guess it's, so that does nothing bothers me but I think also, since everyone was in town and everybody's lost, like everybody was huddled up and everybody's lost their jobs, that's why the protests were so huge. I mean, because everybody, I mean, the George Floyd video was absolutely disgusting. And it really put a lot of passion into a lot of people, but they also wanted to just leave the house, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you're there, they're like, I got, this is a good reason. This is a good reason for me to just be outside and be around people that I know, you know? So that also makes it, those protests probably would have been a quarter of the size, I think, if they, if everybody wasn't stuck inside and had to go to a job. Oh, for you know? sure, it was 100%. a it was a perfect storm. Yeah, I mean and we've then, we've had that, black we've had black people killed literally every month of every year. So, like, obviously something was different on this one. Right, but but then so then you tack that on, and then everybody's passionate about about being woke and diverse and progressive and all that. And then it filters into Twitter and then that's where, so I think that's where it started. So I think it, the protests, which were good and are really helping a cause really pushed a smaller group of people to be like, how do we take down these successful people through this same type of cause? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and what well, the thing that I've noticed now is like, like specifically when I talk about can- cancel culture, I'm referring to kind of people going back, you know, trying to bust somebody for like a joke or like, you know, something that they did, you know, years ago that was, you know, maybe perfectly fine at the time, but by today's standards is maybe frowned upon or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't, I don't consider it's like. Hey, we found this guy rapes kids. Like that's not cancel culture. Yeah. That's like, that's like you discovered a, a crime. You know, it's so like, oh, yeah. like 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 I definitely put those into two different categories. You know, like like hey, I don't like cancel culture. And like, oh, you want you want kids getting molested left and right? Like, no, what? Like, yeah, that's bad. Like the the whole the 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 messaging young girls thing is bad. It's like. It's like, listen, I get it. You know, the guy's super popular. He can't be. He can't be fucking in control of how old all the girls are. You know, <laughs> but like, but the thing is, is like, if they look a little too young, just don't. But if you read the book, here's the thing: if you want to cancel, you should. You can cancel the whole punk scene if you read, like, the whole early punk scene from the '60s through the early '80s. You can cancel them all if you read the book. Please kill me. Oh, they had me. Me too hasn't really ever even begun to touch music. You know, like bands. Like I feel like Iggy Pop kept a fourteen-year-old girl drugged and locked in a room for a week. 
Yeah. Well, and like I feel like even even all those like seventies and eighties just like rock bands, like I I feel like almost famous, like if they did like the actual ages of those girls were probably oh, fourteen and fifteen age. year olds. Yeah. yeah, that is that was the actual age of the girl that uh, uh what's her name? Penny Gold Lane. Rock. Yeah, Penny Lane is a real person. She's in the book. Please kill me. At the time, she was fifteen, I think, possibly sixteen. Yeah. And she was she was also hanging around with Bowie. She would try to she tried to fuck Bowie when she was fifteen, and he told her she had to wait. Maybe it wasn't her, but it was some girl. But some girl tried to fuck Bowie when she was fifteen, and he told her that she had to wait. And then he fucked her when she was seventeen. Yeah, yeah. like a gentleman, That's a guy with morals. <laughs> yeah, but that but you can't come after Bowie because he's not he's the non-binary icon. <laughs> Well, and it's like once someone's passed, it's yeah. like, let it lie. Yeah, you get grandfathered in. I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> so, I, was hoping to get, I was hoping to be famous and grandfathered in by now, but I, there's no grandfathering for me. I'm going to just have to fucking duck and dodge if anything ever happens. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, you're, you're girlfriends of age, right? You're, you're in the clear. Oh, my girlfriend is real old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, overaged. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, no, she's a babe. She works at uh, she works at Hooters. We got her in the kitchen. It's nice. <laughs> nice. So what uh what does the rest of the the summer look like? Are you guys yeah. just doing like rooftop shows and and shows where people are lighting off fucking M eighties? Is that what's going on? There? Well, the, the New York there aren't that many outdoor shows really. People are still like hesitant because there's not that much. There's also not much space. There's like no space, you know. Mm-hmm. So like. I feel like unless you go out of the city, there's really not a lot of outdoor venues anywhere. Right. Well, we did a show at the park. I did a show at the park last night, and that was good. But then, other than that, we did a show in a guy's front yard, and that like kind of. I mean, it was just like the. It was just weird. Yeah. Uh, because there's no, you know, you you guys have been doing the show behind uh, um, the brewery, right? Uh, yeah, I haven't actually been on that one yet, but. Uh... I, I I do a red flag comedy with uh, Hannah, and we we just yeah. we just started like an outdoor mic in the backyard of a a, a hostel, the indie hostel in Indy. Yeah, see that's good because you got grass and you know it's nice probably back there. Yeah, got space. It's to, literally like turf. It's that's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. See that's nice. Here, if it's in the back of a hostel, there's probably some French guy. There's enough room for one French guy who smokes a cigarette, and that's it. <laughs> Uh, but I don't know. I think I, things will get going here, but also people are, since it was so bad to begin with here, I think people are still real hesitant. Some people don't give a fuck, but I think uh, the majority of people are pretty hesitant to get things going, really. Yeah, in Indiana, people are just bored, so they've decided it's not a thing anymore. Yeah, that's kind of, I know I was talking to my dad. He, he hangs out at it. He goes to his clubs. My dad's a member of almost every single social club in Indianapolis because like, a, he like, like an Elk Lodge kind of thing. <laughs> Elk Lodge, Knights of Columbus, the Yacht Club, the VFW. It's nice that he spreads it around. Uh, yeah, I th- he he. Well, they have a different thing to gamble on every night. <laughs> <laughs> well, he goes and he gambles on a different thing every night. I do, I went outside of I went to Greenwood for an outdoor uh, birthday party for one of my friends on Saturday. 
And uh, once you leave 465, they do they give no fucks. Like <laughs> like once I left 465, go down to Greenwood, I was like, it's oh, business sure. as usual. Like no, well, I'm, sure the south side, I'm sure the south, the people on the south side are really worried about their health. <laughs> the south side has been notoriously trashy for as long as I've been there. The south and the east side is bad too because the. The fucking white trash on the east side is bad. Yeah, you're talking to two white trash from the east side right now, buddy. Yeah, that makes sense. I can hear it. <laughs> I'm only half white trash. Thank you very much. That's right. <laughs> the other half is but, black uh, trash. <laughs> but I I mean, I'm from the north side, so I look down on everyone. Oh, yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I was I remember when I had just started doing comedy, I was doing I was doing a set at Morty's. Uh, on 96th Street, the old location on 96th Street. And uh, I would just do a thing. I'd ask people, i go, what part of town are you from? And this guy goes, the south side. I go, ew, that's disgusting. <laughs> and everyone laughed. And then he left and wanted to fight me. And Jesus. And, and the like, dude, that's how goes, I know you're from the south side. Right. Well, and then they, they, he goes up to the manager and goes, that north side piece of shit. Thinks he's better than everybody. Fucking calling the south side trash, and I and the manager was like, "He says disgusting. No matter what side of town you say you're from, it's just is a the happy bit that he does." He goes, "I'm gonna fucking fight his ass when he comes out here." Another, they kicked him out. It never happened. But Jesus, do you think if you would have won the fight that you would have been able to take over his neck tattoos? It would have been nice. It would have been nice to have. I cut them off. You know, slap them on. <laughs> Would have been a nice little souvenir. I don't know. I just, I just remember my because a lot of my family's from the south side. My the Irish side is from the south side, and I know they don't give a shit about anything. Not at all. Yeah. Um, oh, Cadillac Ranch. I used to go. My buddy's girlfriend. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> my buddy's girlfriend used to be a server at the bar that was connected to Cadillac Ranch. I Bar- can't remember. Bartini's. Bartini. That's right. She used to. She was the. She was a bartender at Bartini, so me and my buddy went to go would go drink a Bartini and drink for all night, right? Mm-hmm. And one night we saw Lou Amundsen and Paul George walk into Bartini at two fifty five in the morning. Okay, and then they walked out of Bartini at two fifty eight in the morning with seven women. Yeah, that sounds about right. Nice. It was pretty cool, but I always called Cadillac Ranch Little Greenwood. That's what I always called it. <laughs> I always thought Cadillac Ranch was the worst salad dressing. Um, <laughs> Tim, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Your social media, where can people come find you? Come see you. Uh, Instagram, it's at hot underscore comic 69. On uh, Twitter, it's at mayor of fart town. And then on Instagram, I do my review videos. And I also have, is it tight reviews on YouTube where I rank how tight things are that I find in my girlfriend's house. And I, I look at, I review what different stuff my girlfriend owns. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. So it's fun. Some things are good. Some things are bad, you know? Yeah. Well, thank you. And, um, I, I feel like we should thank your girlfriend who was, uh, off mic through most of it, but I feel like yeah. she did participate. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> did yell it. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Micah. <laughs> All right, uh, that's it. Uh, We'll uh, talk to you next time. Thank you so much for being on the program. Hey, thanks for having me. All right, bye-bye.
Dyke. Hello, Tommy. Welcome to the Drunk Dial Podcast. Hey, what's going on? Hey, man. Sorry that, be sorry that took so long. We just had one of the craziest things that's ever happened to us on this show. It was it was rough. So, <laughs> who else is uh, this is uh, oh, sorry. Hi, this, sorry. This is my my, my co host Bridget Haran. Like, wait, hi, <laughs> hi, sorry. <laughs> That is how normal no, you're phone calls good. work, where you introduce yourself at the beginning. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I was. I mean, I was kind of curious to get right into it, but then I was like, I should probably ask now before yeah. I ask later. And like, yeah. Oh, there's just been another person on this. You know, it's, the whole time. It's really just. It's, <laughs> it's really just me doing two voices. Split yeah. Personality he's developed during COVID. Uh. So oh, yeah. I was very excited. Tom. Tommy. For those of you that don't know, um, I have a comedy production called Red Flag Comedy. Uh, Tommy. Um, runs an open mic for that. He's a local comedian in the Indianapolis area. However, we, we were very excited to touch base with you. But then I yeah. started talking to somebody that was obviously catfishing me from a fake charity on uh, Instagram. And so... Were they using my profile picture? What's that? Were they using my profile picture to catfish you? No, it was it was, it was just somebody that was that was... Doing it to the drunk dial page, so I said, "Hey, we have a podcast." Because he was trying to get money donations for um, uh, children with no soaps and no mm-hmm. foods. And I said, okay. "Hey, I said, hey, we have a very popular podcast with a huge reach. We could get a lot of donation money. We could get all these soaps and all these foods for these kids um, if we can just call you." And the guy gave me the number, mm-hmm. and, and then we called him, and it was like some undisclosed African dude who spoke broken English who was just like <laughs> trying to run a scam, but like lose Like he, like not realizing that he was like loot, like too eager. Yeah. He was just like, so where's the money? Just send yeah. me the money. When he are you like, going to send it? He was like, I need to send it now before the banks close. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's not really how charitable <laughs> donations work. And I was just Did you guys like when you realized like he was doing a scam did you guys like feel bad for like how bad he was doing it <laughs> no not a, like come on man i yeah, felt bad like, when the phone call first started i was like oh this is this is not good and then as it continued on i was like this is troubling in a lot of ways <laughs> none of which are coming from us which is unusual for this podcast <laughs> i kept, nice, I, I, nice, kept so I kept fun. trying to pull Thad into it and Thad just kept shaking his head and he was like oh, i don't like this i was like i need to He's leave like, the room no, no. So it was when Dyke decided that we all needed different voices to be callers. That was really when I sort of jumped off board. What'd you go with? What voice did you go with? Mine was a variation of my own voice. Uh, Dyke, would you like to do the voice that you did? I'm not sure exactly where I landed with it. It just sounded like the same voice to me. It was absolutely not. It was like, oh, hello, I would like to donate $5,000. I would like to donate $5,000. Here's the thing I, I found I like so so, cool. so Tom I used to do a lot of prank phone calls in my youth and uh, I feel like the thing that I've I learned from prank phone calls is that if you just keep talking and you keep somebody on that they they don't know when to hang up you know they can't they can't end it so as long as you keep a forward movement going they're they're just kind of stuck there. And so I just kept being like, yeah, right. yeah, we're going to get you all this money. We got all this money for these kids and money, money, money. And I kept increasing the amount of money that was coming in. 
Like within five minutes, it went from like zero to like seventy five thousand dollars. For this podcast that we've been doing for like a month and a half, and, and maybe have fifteen listeners. Yeah. So you're like almost yeah. like a great person. Humble brag, fifteen whole <laughs> listeners, but they're not donating seventy five hundred dollars <laughs> to on, no, our, no. on our pretend call line to kids who need food, foods, and soap. Foods. Food and soaps. Food and soaps. Plural soaps. Yeah, soaps. Different types of soaps. It's like, look, I'm just trying to get these kids some soaps and some foods. Mm-hmm. Well, he, I mean, he really panicked. Something. He really panicked when Dyke sort of implied that, like, we'd love to buy food and soaps and send them to you, and he was like, just send the money. <laughs> <laughs> I've got sixty kids in this one bedroom apartment. Yeah. Like, oh, sixty God. kids in one apartment is what he said. And uh, and also, right. I said that we would just collect all the money and then send it to him. And he yeah. was just like, "So when are you going to send me yeah, this?" He was like, like, "When I need to know when it's going to come through. Right. I need it before the bank closes." I got seventy five hundred dollars right now. Like, I have so much money, I don't even know what to do with, sir. You're gonna have to hold on a second. Relax. If you if you are like running, like calling for charitable donations, then patience is is a part of that. Yeah, this is a big show. This is a global yeah. show. Mm-hmm. The drunk doubt. This is nationwide, guys. <laughs> All right. Also, I don't know if you noticed that I called it the uh, DDP show. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. He doesn't need to know. That is that because I'm on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. He doesn't I, need to know I that this that is just us getting drunk and calling people. It's fine. So, so Tommy, how? It's are honestly you? my favorite concept of a show. So, <laughs> no, I'm I'm all about it. How what's going on, Doug? On a scale of one to ten, how much did you enjoy my uh, red flag post today? I was like, <laughs> I had no idea. Usually, I get tagged in those things. I just looked on. I I, I just saw you posted on Instagram, and uh, I think I saw Dustin's picture and some somebody else's. And I looked down, like, wait, is that me shirtless next, like mowing the lawn? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, shit, he has, he does have access to my Facebook pictures. Damn it, dude. <laughs> Yeah, I was. So, my, that's actually my goal. That's actually the my only goal time was, I've ever mowed a lawn. My goal was just to find a picture of you wearing like possibly a tight shirt, and I was just gonna make a extra medium joke, and then I found a picture of you with no <laughs> shirt mowing the grass, and I was like, "This is way better." <laughs> You're like, instead of tight shirt, let's just let's just you know let's, let's cut to the chase. Let's go no shirt here, you know. Yeah. Erase the shirt, <laughs> even better. And then somebody, exactly. and then somebody sent me a DM, and they said, um, "God damn it, what was it?" Let me check. I don't, I, I don't want to. You have to when you bring things up like this on air. You have to have it at least like sort of pulled up. Well, I don't want to misquote. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of dead air here. I don't want to misquote it, so I but I, I also thought like I wasn't sure if this was one of your friends or not. Oh, so is the picture of you that says garden tool. And they said, a mower and a hoe, question mark. <laughs> and I was like. Nice. Wow. Well, oh, yeah, don't, don't, don't get names. I don't know. I was like, I don't know if that's <laughs> his friend or not. He's like, I, I don't need to know. I was like, mm. like, like first I was, I was like, oh, that's one of his friends making, you know, busting balls. And I was like, I don't know if that's a friend. That might, <laughs> that might not be a friend. I mean, I, mean I, I have been known to go to, you know, Metro and Teeny on weekends. So, I mean, you know, it could be. Could be a friend, could be, you know, just an admirer, you know. I mean, you never know with these things. I'm not used to thirst trapping. Like, I usually just kind of leave that for both you and Hannah, so it's kind of weird for me. Well. Oh, blows are throwing. <laughs> so, so you were, 
So, like, you are going to be, I, well, I guess this is going to be a week delayed, but you're about to be hosting um, the your first socially distanced uh, Red Flag Comedy Outdoor mic tomorrow night at Indian oh, yeah. Hostel. What are you, oh, yeah. What are we you, got Gwen Sunkle as a headliner. Gwen Sunkle as a headliner. What are, you, what are your thoughts about, about this? It's your first time. You were, you were unavailable Dude, I, last week. Well, what happened was uh, Justin kind of jumped on it and everything. I was like, "Hey, man, go go for it!" I kind of want to see how this how this all plans out. And uh, I mean, other than uh, you know being super hot, it was honestly oh, it was it was sweet last week. That was probably that's probably one of the better like shows to kind of just you know get kind of back in the groove of of uh, doing stand up. I, I didn't do stand up in a few months. Then. Was, it, was that was that the first time you've done it in a while then too, Dyke? Oh yeah, I was a full bucket of rust. Was it not obvious? Yeah, it was also the first. <laughs> it was also the first time Bridget saw me technically do. She's seen me okay. do comedy you know before, what? but I don't think her brain was creating new memories at the time. So I didn't remember, oh, yeah. it, and it's apparently a point of contention for the rest of our friendship. Is like, remember that one time that you came and saw my comedy show, and then like didn't remember me? I was like, no, I obviously <laughs> don't remember that. It was multiple. That's, that's, it, that's weird that you remember her though. And yeah, it was multiple. Huh. It was multiple times, uh, Tommy, and that's why I was so hurtful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like yeah. describing a show. I, went to, I was like, "Oh, I went to this show one time, and it was really great." And he was like, "No, I hosted that show." Yeah, that and I was, was like what? literally oh a red God. flag show. What? You, I was probably up there more than any other comic, but yeah. I'm glad you, yeah. you know, didn't remember me. I hosted it. I was there at the beginning, the middle, the end, all points. I run the mic. Yeah. You know, it's just you know, hey, you know, what, yeah. whatever. Then what? my my face was on stickers in the bathroom. It's really weird that you don't it's remember. It's not like people call you the father of red flag comedy or anything, too. I thought no. you were like no, the I, butler that just like cleans the stage between sets. I'm sorry. I, I think she just called me Uncle Ben. I think that's what just happened. <laughs> that's oh. Oh, what happened? Nikes. Thought, Don't do that. <laughs> Yikes. I thought Nick Cannon was the only one in trouble today. Uh, but yeah. not, sorry, Bridget. Oh. Not a good look. Not a good look, Bridget. Talk not a good look at 20, 2020. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I will make a donation in your name to the food and soaps for starving <laughs> I children. I, I hope you do. For, uh, for what was his name? It's Father. Gonna, Father John. Father John. Father John's... Um, Food and soaps for starving children. I'm going to make a donation in your name for, let's say, $100,000. That seems good. Yeah. It's going to take a long time <laughs> for it keep to get there. It. <laughs> Just keep upping it up every single time. Like, yeah, I'm thinking like 175000 You need my savings account information and my checking account information? I mean, Hold you, okay, on. You can have access to that information, and you will still not get anywhere close to $100,000. <laughs> you'll still be very displeased. Yeah. You'll get like, you know, 20 bucks out of that. Yeah, so, that yeah. will get one soaps. Well, well, well Tommy. You'll get soap. You get a soap. Yes. Um, where can people, where can people follow you on social media? Um, On Instagram, I, I believe my username is TomFlies11. Pretty clever, I thought, you know, like, you know, like time flies, but like, you know, but like me, so I thought that was pretty sick. Nice. But um, and then uh, a joke's always Tommy better Iyer when you explain Twitter. it. <laughs> it's every time. <laughs> well, I didn't know how old. I mean, time flies is a little. It's like what from like you, you didn't know how old Bridget it, was, so you had to explain it to you her. Know how old I was. I don't know basic English. That's fair. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> 
I'm doing, hey, I'm doing my best here. So, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I mean, yeah, it's probably like 2010 reference, I guess. So, you know, I mean, I mean it's, it's 2020 now, you know, it's, you know, people wearing masks, people not wearing masks, you know, I'm, you know, sweating over here, you know, I'm drinking warm, truly with, I think I put frozen strawberries in it. So just kind of like white trash champagne today. So, I mean, nice. yeah, you said, you, yeah, you said, uh, you know, start drinking. And I was like, ah, I think I only have warm, truly. So yeah. get that, get that warm, truly that was, on. Make it work. Dyke will like usually exactly. make, make a cocktail, usually something with rum. And then as the ice melts, he'll just add seltzers onto the top of it of varying flavors. That is true. Um, Does he only make those for you? No, it's like his <laughs> own suicide that he's like constantly drinking for the whole show. No, I usually stick to like one alcohol at a time. Like if I'm drinking a beer, I won't like put a shot in the beer. Um, but that's not how he does things, right. which is, you know, there's some respect in that, I guess. You know, I just like to keep that yeah, drink, I, I, drink I, I, going. I yeah. He's like, uh, I'm a bartender and a mixologist. I know what I'm doing. And I in, in two podcasts. So, I mean, like we're. You know, he's doing this kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, 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 I trust you, Dyke. Yeah. I, I, as you should. Yeah. Uh, Tommy, we're out of time. We got to go. Uh, I wanted to make a shout out to um, Father John and his 60 children that he has staying. He's uh, staying in an apartment. Um, if you guys would like to send money to us to help the, the children get food and soaps. Uh, just send it to Dyke Michaels at Gmail or Dyke Michaels at Red Flag. Uh, we're trying to get the soaps. We're going to figure out if these kids can get soaps and money. God, I um, hate how long you're letting this drag on. Tommy. I'm a big soap guy, so I will definitely think about not donating. So <laughs> Not because I don't want to, but I'll pretend donate as well, too. Tommy, hit your plugs one, one time before we go. Hit my plug. Indie Hostel, Thursday, be there, 8 o'clock. Great show, uh, great people. Uh, we got the mother of Red Flag Comedy, Hannah Rushline there. Dyke Michaels, the father, me, the step, redheaded stepchild, I guess. And then headlining, Wentz Uncle. That's great. That's great. I think that's it, yeah. yeah. All right, All right I Tommy. I should have mentioned Dustin. Yeah, Dustin's there, too, and Jake, so. <laughs> yeah, other people were there as well. <laughs> yeah, two other white guys, yeah. yeah they're there, too. <laughs> Hey, thank you so much. Uh, We'll talk to you next time, Tommy. Nice. Peace out, guys. Bye. Bye.